Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's good to be back with you. I have been away for two weeks. Uh, I've moved from one home to another, still in Key West. Uh, but Comcast turned me off a week too early. Uh, probably my mistake on dates, I don't know. And when I moved into the new house, of course, I had to wait five days for Comcast to get here before I had Wi-Fi. So that's the story of my life, but I'm glad to be back, and I hope all of you are here. Uh, and those that I may have lost over the last two weeks will return in due course. We live in a bad world, <laughs> not even a screwy world, not even a world upside down. It's just a bad world. Donald Trump scares the hell out of me. I'm afraid we're going to end up in a war. Uh, the man is mentally demented. I say that with all sincerity. I've been saying it since even before he became the Republican candidate. Uh, he's just a bad guy, and he's going to hurt us. I fear he's going to hurt us. So let me get started with tonight. I'm going to talk first about July 4th. Today is Independence Day. Happy July 4th, my friends. It was July 4th, 1776. Second Continental Congress meeting in Philadelphia that approved the Declaration of Independence. We have been celebrating that day since 1976. Uh, in the later 1770s, in the 1800s, the 1900s, and even now as I sit here doing the show tonight, I can see through my new office window in my new home. Uh, the fireworks going off over the White Street Pier onto the ocean. Uh, so we're still celebrating it. Well, giving an example of how celebrations were had in the early days and the pride that certain people had in the new country, it was July 4th, 1778. The new nation was two years old. George Washington and his army, uh, they were staying around Ross House in New Jersey, Washington was thrilled that the country was still alive after two years. He wanted to celebrate the day. He wanted his men to celebrate the day. So he ordered a double rum for each of his men. Each got two drinks instead of one. And he also had the artillery, all that it was at the time, shoot off the cannons at the same time. Now, strangely... It's a national holiday today, but it was not a national holiday for almost 100 years. Why, I don't know. No one seems to comment on it. Uh, however, it wasn't until 1870 that the Congress decided uh, to make it a national holiday, which means that today, July 4th, the birthday of this country is 241 years old, I say. And I know you say, may we always survive. May we always survive. I worry. I worry now, as I indicated at the beginning of these comments. Uh, the great civilizations, the great nations, none of them survived forever. Think, the Roman Empire went down. The Greek civilization went down. Many other civilizations uh, that everyone thought would uh, stand and rise and remain forever uh, failed. Uh, I'm concerned, especially now. Uh, we have a Congress that is totally partisan and split. We have a people. Half the people in this country don't like the other half. 
and it's primarily uh, caused by political thinking, political sides, conservatives, liberals, independents. It's a mess. I don't know why people hate each other over politics, and many do. I'm talking about voters. Trump is crazy. I just I indicated this a few moments ago. No question in my mind. The man is demented. Uh, we deserve what we got by voting him in. I didn't vote for him, I'm proud to say. Uh, ain't no question about that. Uh, and I don't blame the people who did. I can understand their reasons. But the man's a bad guy. He's going to hurt our country. He's going to hurt our people. He's going to hurt our children, our grandchildren, and everything else. And I hope I can't see him making it for four years. I think he will be impeached in probably a year. But be that as it may, we are on a downward trend, and we cannot continue in that fashion. I want to talk about plastic bottles for a moment. Uh, I came across some interesting information. We are drowning. We as a society, we as a country, we are drowning in plastic bottles. The Guardian uh recently wrote an article on this and set forth some statistics. Uh, Where do you hear these numbers going to blow your mind? Or maybe you knew this already or you sensed it. Humans, that's us folks, humans purchase one million plastic bottles every minute. One million plastic bottles in this country are purchased every minute. Now, one million plastic bottles every minute works out in 2016, to 480 billion plastic bottles. Isn't that amazing? 480 billion plastic bottles used in this country uh, last year. Now, it's getting difficult (laughs) for us as a society to keep up with the sheer volume of trash, trash, because when they're empty, they're trash, that, that needs... For example, recycling. Uh, The problem is we can't keep up with the recycling of that number of bottles, okay? And a great number of the bottles end up in waters like oceans and in landfills. Now, it's estimated, I gave you a number, 480 billion uh, plastic bottles in 2016. It's estimated that in within four years, by 2021, Okay, four years from now, the number will increase to 583.5 billion plastic bottles per year. That's 103 billion more than in 2016. Isn't that number amazing? Now, there is a solution to the problem. 100% recycling. Apparently not financially feasible. The other problem is the recycled bottles do not shine. And people apparently are reluctant to buy a product in a bottle that doesn't have a gloss to it. The other thing is, how do we solve this problem, actually? Well, we do what they did in England. England was fed up with plastic bags. We understand the problem. They won't even take plastic bags for recycling. What did they do? They placed a five-pound, that's almost five dollars, they placed a five-pound tax on every plastic bag a person used. Do you know that plastic bag usage dropped 85% in one year? 
because of that $5, five-pound tax that England imposed on the use of the plastic bags. Uh, 85% in one year. Maybe we should entertain doing something like that with regard to plastic bottles in this country. Another interesting set of numbers. Fertility rate in the, in the United States, number of babies, is falling to record lows. It is at a record low. We in the United States have a shrinking population. In 2016, just last year, several months ago, was an historic low. It was an historic low record. Uh, the numbers reveal only, this is only because there were more, 62 births per 1,000 women. 62 births per 1,000 women. Now, this is considered a dangerous trend. It will hurt economic growth, okay, and tax revenues. You see, we need more people, so more people are working, more people are paying taxes to support and care for the growing elderly population in this country. And it's increasing rapidly. As more members of the baby boomer generation move into retirement, it's going to be more difficult to cope for the government to cope financially. Now, there are reasons for the decline. And let me, let me spout four of them for you. The wide availability of birth control. Makes sense. Number two, personal economic instability from student loans. Makes sense to me tremendously. These kids come out of college. They owe 50, 100, $150,000. And uh, how are they going to get married? How are they going to buy a house? How are they going to have a baby? Oh, my God. Okay. Also, women, it seems today, and this is quite true, we don't have to be told this, women are focused on launching a career before they start a family. And this is relatively new. It was out there when I was a young man, but not to the extent it is today. A growing acceptance that not everyone wants to have children. Uh, couple of other statistical numbers. The information uh, put together in this study indicated that the highest birth rates now are among women aged 30 to 34. They are a bit older. Previously, it was for women from 29, 25 to 29. Want to talk about politicians? They're like royalty today. Uh, they feel they are entitled. That's true. Think about it. And I'm going to talk about Chris Christie, and I'm sure most of you are aware of what I'm going to try to chat about here. New Jersey had has had budget problems until today, I believe, today. Uh, they didn't have a budget passed last Friday by the legislature, so there was no budget passed signed by Governor Chris Christie. Uh, Christie announced on Friday that, the New Jersey government was shut down because there was no budget. The state was in a, if I may be redundant, state of emergency. And Governor Christie ordered all non-essential items facilities closed down, which included the Jersey beaches. Now, if you've been to the Jersey beaches, you know they are the finest in the world. They are the most fun. 
If you haven't, go. Don't die without having enjoyed a week or a weekend at a Jersey beach. One of the beaches was the, or is the state park beaches, state park beaches. Again, the best in the world. They were closed. No one was on the beach Sunday. No one was on the beach Sunday, okay? Except, guess for who? Governor Christie and his family were there in their chairs and on their towels sunbathing at the island at the State Park Beach. No one else around them. To the left, to the right, to the north, to the south. Nobody anywhere uh, because the beach was closed. But the governor's out there with his family. Well, the governor didn't know that a drone had been flying over the beach and took 22 pictures of the governor and his family uh, and his extended family enjoying the beach when no one else could uh, that day. And when the, this is, they got him, it's gotcha time. When the reporters went and said, my God, you went to the beach. He said, I didn't go to the beach. My family wasn't on the beach. What are you, crazy? And he got a little nasty. You know how he gets nasty. I actually like him, but he got nasty. And they said, uh-oh, look. And they showed him the pictures and explained the drone. And then he said, ah, <laughs> you got me. And that was it. Uh, not right for him to have done that. You know, that's that taste of royalty, that taste of entitlement. And that's something that most of our politicians today have. They think they're blue buds, bloods, and they're better than us, and they can do what they want when they want. Okay, got to start getting into Donald Trump a bit. Uh, I mind it, and I don't mind it. I get sick and tired of television every day and the newspapers on, the, on him, but it's an important part of our life today. That man is an integral part of what is going to happen. He is the seeds of what is going to happen to you and me and our nation tomorrow. Okay, so I want to talk about the winds of war, the winds of war between Iran and Saudi Arabia. I'll start that way. The winds of war between Saudi, uh, I'm sorry, Iran and Saudi Arabia. There is an excellent possibility, I would call it a probability, uh, that a war is going to occur in the near future between Iran and Saudi Arabia and certain other Arab states. Now, understand, Trump supports Saudi Arabia. Uh, look what happened. <laughs> he went out there a month ago to visit the Saudis. They kissed his ass big time. American flags all the way from the airport to the hotel. Big five-foot flags. His picture uh, on the walls of buildings in the hotel next to King Solomon, the new king of Saudi Arabia. The gold medal he got. He danced with the Arabs. He had a black sword. He was flashing it in the, in the air. Uh, he loved it. He had notoriety. They loved him. They sucked up to him. They knew all you have to do is kiss Trump's butt, make him feel like he's important and he's a big guy and he's yours, and there ain't no question that Donald Trump today it belongs to Saudi Arabia uh, in the sense of what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, now, if there is a war between Iran and Saudi Arabia, the United States also benefits. It's amazing. We benefit. Terribly so, but we benefit. The Middle East War, okay, if there is one, which I suspect there will be, will disrupt 
oil production big time. I mean, all that oil coming out of the Middle East, and those oil wells are going to be burning. The pipelines are going to be destroyed. They ain't going to be shipping any place in the world. However, oil has to come from somewhere. The demand will still be out there worldwide. And who's going to benefit? The United States is going to benefit because we are now into fracking, okay? And we now, just the way things are without a war, we, support, we export more oil than we import in the last several years. The tide has turned. Fracking did it. We'll just goose up the fracking and we'll provide the oil to satisfy the huge empty demand that's going to be there, the gap. Billions of dollars involved, billions. Now, Trump and the United States is going to benefit not only from the fracking, but also from the fact that we will be manufacturing and selling military equipment to both sides in the war, to Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, because that's the way this works. We're going to be supporting Saudi Arabia, but making billions of dollars of uh, sales of military equipment to Iran also, okay? Which means more jobs in the United States. Trump looks good again, okay? Uh, as part of the military-industrial complex that will be producing the war supplies. Uh, one of the problems here, and it's bothered me since Trump was in transition and he was setting up his cabinet, etc. Too many generals advising him. Too many generals as secretaries of this and that. Generals need civilian coverage. They must respond. They must answer to a civilian leader. He has too many, and he's given them free reign. And all generals know is how to fight. They don't know how to avoid a war. So that's a problem, and that's another way our good friend Trump is contributing to the dangerous uh, situation developing in the Middle East. Now, I'm going to stay with the Middle East again for a few moments here because this is all interesting. Uh, Israel, Israel, they were the enemy of the Arabs. The Arabs hated the, the Israelis. They're asshole buddies today, friends. Listen, Israel and Saudi Arabia are playing Trump. They're making a Trump out of Trump. Here's the scenario. You know and I know there's been, it's an Islamic religious war for what, hundreds of years, thousands of years, Sunni and Shia, terrible conflict. Iran is the largest Shia community in the Middle East, majority, they have the majority, the only country that has a Shia majority. Qatar, a little country, more Sunni than Shia, but has about 40% Shia, right? Qatar has the third largest oil reserves in the world. Although a small state, very rich, extremely rich, considered a power, even though it's a tiny country. Iran is the fourth, has the fourth largest oil reserves in the world. Although Iran and Qatar are not on the same wavelength religiously Sunni, Shia, they have been friends for years. And they've been doing big business together. It happens. Okay? In the meantime, 
Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and others, uh, these Middle Eastern countries want to get want to get rid of Iran, depose the government in Iran, take over Iran. It's a Sunni Shia thing, nothing else. They want to take over Iran, get rid of those lousy Shia up there, okay? Qatar's in the way. Qatar's part of the Saudi Arabia group, but hey, they're saying we've been friends with Iran for years. We're not going to screw around and uh, destroy their country or their leadership. So, to get the job done, for Saudi Arabia and the other Arab states to get the job done to get a war going with Iran and beat them, okay, two things were necessary. They had to get Israel on board. Now, Israel hates Iran anyhow forever, more than any other Arab state, because they think they are the greatest danger to them. So it wasn't hard. Over the last couple of years, no one's written this up, okay, but... Saudi Arabia and the other states have been sitting down, smoking the peace pipe with Iran, with uh, Israel, doing business big time with each other now. They are friends, though no one ever writes about this again, so you and I know it. Also, besides making Israel a friend, because Israel hates Iran, gives them more power, they had to get the U- Saudi Arabia had to get the United States on board as a partner in going after Iran. Now, you got to throw Obama into the mix. I know I'm being clear on this, or I hope I'm being clear on this. Obama saw this developing in the last two or three years. Obama saw this developing. He did not want a war with Iran, Saudi Arabia and Iran fighting and the other Arab states, and he didn't want to get the United States in any way involved. So he came up with, let's make some sort of a peace plan with Iran, the United States and Iran, which he did. We'll delay their nuclear weapon capability for 10 or 15 years. And that's how he put the screws to this movement by Saudi Arabia and the other countries uh, to knock off Iran. Brilliant. We didn't know it. Nobody wrote and told us this is the way it was working. Anyhow, uh, now with Trump, and why the hell do you think they treated him so well in Saudi Arabia when he was there a month ago? They need the United States on their side. So they sucked up to Trump. Trump is now a friend of Saudi Arabia. And they told Trump the terrorists are mostly coming out of Qatar, being financed by Qatar. And Trump says, we got to get rid of them. And when Saudi Arabia announced a week after the visit, uh, we're going to tell Qatar that they're, they're supporting too many terrorists and they must stop. Saudi Arabia, who I have always thought and I still think is the biggest supporter of terrorists worldwide, uh, told Trump, it's Qatar, we're going to go after them. Trump said, good. And when it was announced by Saudi Arabia, what did Trump do? I told them to go after Qatar. What a bullshitter this guy is. Egotistical maniac. I, excuse me for saying it, but I believe it. He's going to destroy us. So, uh, now, what's going to happen? Assuming that we have this conflict, Trump is going to get credit for the Arabs and Israel becoming friends. Can you imagine that? Because they're friends already, Israel, most of the countries, but it's not openly acknowledged. But he's going to get Trump, uh, uh, the credit for having made this possible, okay? And 
going to get us involved over there. He's going to get us involved in the war, which I fear. And if there is a war, whether we're involved initially or not, a war of the magnitude I foresee in the Middle East will be one that could spread worldwide because everybody's got their hand in the pot over there because everyone wants something. Uh, you got the Russians over there, for example. You got the Chinese. You got us. I don't know what the hell's going to happen, but it won't be good. Another thing, Trump's word is not dependable. You know, you can't take what he says to the bank. You can't take what he says to the bank. What he says yesterday, he, he may change his mind and say a different thing today and deny that he made the other statement yesterday. He has a short memory. Now, I, I wonder, does he do it intentionally or is there, does he have some kind of a mental defect? I really think he has a mental defect because he's always changing his position. A man cannot be so inconsistent willingly and purposely. Uh, so, because he never remembers that he said something to the contrary a month ago. And a perfect example is what's going now with China and Taiwan. Last week, the United States announced, uh, the United States, it was announced by our government because we're going to sell more guns and planes and we're going to put more people to work. This is the Trump philosophy that the United States was selling Taiwan $1.42 billion in military arms. $1.42 billion in military arms. China was upset. China is still upset. You recall Chinese President Xi Jinping met at Mar-a-Lago in April uh, with Trump. They had three days of kumbaya. It ended up that they told us, they told us, they're on national, international TV. We have reached, I quote, a consensus. We're going to continue with the one China policy. The United States will continue not to recognize Taiwan as a country, as a national entity. There will be no arms sales by the United States to Taiwan. And what's happening now? We got an arms sale going on from companies in the United States to Taiwan that violates that consensus, that understanding. And China said yesterday to our governmental officials, we expect you, not do we just want you, we expect you to halt the sale. We'll see what happens. Now we're going to talk about Gerard Kushner. The, the, the president's son-in-law, uh, I think he's a hypocrite. He's a young hypocrite, 35, but you can be a hypocrite at 35, 25, or 85. Uh, he's 35 years old, president's son-in-law, a very conservative Jew, very much to the right, deeply religious. Uh, on Saturday, he and his wife, well, his, Ivana Trump, she became Jewish in order to marry him. His, his family wouldn't let him marry her unless she was Jewish. They practice the Sabbath very religiously. Whatever that means, I don't know. But they're very, very religious. Well, I suspect, and it's going to come out, he said to get an attorney too, as you recall, that, Gerard, that Jared Kushner has been deeply involved in money laundering with Israel and Russia. I've said this before. I've written about this for the last several months. So have other people. It's not Lewis's genius. And... Uh, I think he's a hypocrite. If he has been, and I don't know that he is, and I can't say that he is. I can say maybe. I don't know, though. If he is, that money laundering is money from human slavery, 
prostitution, drugs. Do you see where I'm coming from? All these things, and he's involved in helping clean that money so the wrongdoers can have use of it in the economic market. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. All right. Now, North Korea, quickly here. They are really a poor country, North Korea. I mean, we see the big uh, military, the guns, the ships, everything else. We see the people cheering in the military. But his people die over there. Uh, the Korean people die. They're sick, et cetera, et cetera. And while they're sick, North Korea has bill- trillions, not billions, of dollars of untapped mineral resources. Things like gold, iron, copper, zinc, maxonite, limestone, tungsten, and graphite. And they can't mine it because they don't. it's supposed to be worth $6 trillion to $10 trillion. They don't have the money to mine it. They don't have the money to ship it. Okay? In fact, they're so poor, their mining has fallen 30% since the 1990s. So, and they don't have energy. Their power grid is so old and in poor condition it couldn't handle the mining that would be required. That, my friends, is the show for this week. I'm doing a video every day on Facebook, a live video, two or three minutes. Look me up. It's under Key West Lou. I pontificate on this and that. I enjoy doing it. You may enjoy hearing it. I don't know. You may not agree with me. In any event, thank you for joining me tonight. I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad you're here. And we'll talk again next week.